Here's Dan Schulman, President and Chief Executive Officer at PayPal, on the discussion Prioritizing Small Business in Economic Recovery, sponsored by PayPal. This idea of how can we help our small business customers really rethink their entire strategy for how do they continue going forward when the world has shifted more and more towards digital is something that we're, I think, uniquely able to go and do. Listen to the entire discussion on WTOP.com. Search PayPal. Politics, power, and the people. From Washington, D.C., this is The Week on the Hill. This legislation is the most consequential and significant legislation for working families that Congress has debated for many, many decades. This isn't a pandemic rescue package. It's a parade of left-wing pet projects that are ramming through during a pandemic. A massive cash bailout for mismanaged state and local governments multiple times the size of COVID needs. Senator Bernie Sanders and Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell reflecting the deep divide in the Senate over President Biden's COVID relief package. I'm WTOP's Mitchell Miller, and once all the political wrangling is complete, the legislation is expected to narrowly survive. But the split is a far cry from the bipartisan past bills that came through Congress last year. While this legislation is close to $2 trillion, the very first measure passed a year ago was just over $8 billion. A short time later, the $2 trillion CARES Act was passed on a unanimous vote of 96 to nothing. But after a second impeachment of former President Trump and the insurrection at the Capitol two months ago, Democrats and Republicans are as sharply divided as ever. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer. Every single Republican who voted the CARES Act and those ideas a year ago, when a Republican was in the White House and Republicans controlled the Senate, is now saying no. But now that a Democrat's in the White House, now that Democrats control the Senate, those same ideas which they supported when Trump was president and McConnell was majority leader are a liberal wish list. Same ideas. Who the heck are they kidding? But South Carolina Republican Senator Lindsey Graham is among many GOP lawmakers questioning what's in the legislation. $135 million for the National Endowment of the Arts. Maybe something we want to do, but not on a COVID bill. $135 million for the National Endowment for Humanities. Again, the same concept. $200 million for the Institute of Museum and Library Services. What's that got to do with COVID? Paid leave fund for federal employees. $86 billion bailout for union pensions. What's that got to do with COVID? Nothing. It's now been a year since many of the first COVID-19 cases were reported in the United States. They've taken a toll in many ways, including on the healthcare workers who have to deal with incredible stress. Last April, Laura Breen, a physician from Virginia working in Manhattan, committed suicide, stunning co-workers, friends, and family. Her sister, Jennifer Breen Feist, spoke during a virtual news conference with Virginia Senator Tim Kaine, who's sponsoring legislation designed to boost mental health resources for healthcare workers. Until three weeks before she died, my sister had no known or suspected mental health history. She had no depression, no anxiety. She had no substance abuse or addiction issues. She was just a happy, busy Manhattan emergency physician. My sister began treating patients at the peak of the COVID crisis in New York. She became sick and then she went back to work to rejoin her colleagues in the fight way too soon in retrospect. And when she went back, it was uh, then that my sister suffered what I would describe as a catastrophic mental health injury that she would never recover from. 
After Lorna died, we were shocked to learn that burnout, depression, and anxiety, and even suicide are well-known and documented occupational hazards of working in healthcare. We had no idea that 400 physicians die by suicide each year in the United States, which is a rate twice that of the general U.S. population, and that statistics for nurses are worse. The legislation to help health care workers has bipartisan support, and lawmakers hope it will be included in the final COVID relief legislation expected to eventually reach President Biden's desk. As Congress tries to wrap up the latest work related to coronavirus relief, it's also been dealing with the fallout of security issues linked to the January 6th insurrection. The head of the D.C. National Guard testified at a Senate hearing that his units needed to wait more than three hours before getting the green light to get troops to the Capitol on the afternoon that a mob was attacking Capitol Police and breaking into the Capitol. Major General William Walker, the commander of the D.C. National Guard, says he first received a frantic call from former Capitol Police Chief Stephen Sund at 1.49 p.m. on January 6th as rioters breached the Capitol. Chief Sund, his voice cracking with emotion, indicated that there was a dire emergency at the Capitol, and he requested the immediate assistance of as many available National Guardsmen that I could muster. But Walker has told lawmakers he didn't get final authorization to send 155 Guard members until after 5 p.m. I believe that number could have made a difference. We could have helped extend the perimeter and help push back the crowd. Walker says on an earlier call at 2.30, Army officials had indicated there was concern that sending in National Guard personnel would further incite the crowd. Under questioning, he says no similar concerns were raised last summer when Guard members responded to Black Lives Matter protests in the district. The acting chief of the Capitol Police, meanwhile, Yogananda Pittman, says that the number of threats against members of Congress has nearly doubled in the first two months of this year compared to last year. And she's asking lawmakers to approve funding for more than 200 additional officers, as well as for a ready reaction force. Capitol Police are also asking the Pentagon to allow more than 2,000 National Guard personnel to continue to help guarding the Capitol complex amid continuing threats in the wake of the deadly attack two months ago. I'm WTOP's Mitchell Miller, and this is The Week on the Hill. 